Welcome back for another How to Think Like a Featured Billionaire series. How to Think Like Jeff Bezos, the day one strategy that you can apply to your life for thinking long-term and building a life of value and purpose. What's up, guys? Colin here, the WOW CEO. We're gonna talk about another billionaire today, somebody who's been able to do extraordinary things, one of the only actual dot-com billionaires that survived through the dot-com bubble, Jeff Bezos. The reason Jeff Bezos was able to survive through the dot-com crash while most other companies didn't is because he thought differently. From the first day they went public, back to that first letter to shareholders in 1997, Bezos has had a day one customer-obsessed philosophy that to this day is what allowed him to become one of the richest men on the planet and Amazon the number one market cap company in the world. He did this by having an obsession with what he calls day one. This day one concept actually has underpinnings in success in life and can be applied to pretty much any domain. And we're going to uncover that in today's video. I'm going to give you strategies about how to think about your life in terms of day one and day two, and how day two is actually the beginning of the end. Even Bezos talks about that as he talks about Amazon. Bezos believes that Amazon will eventually hit day two and it will be a slow decline. And whether that happens while it's on his watch, or maybe it will happen when Bezos is no longer with the company and the next CEO they bring in, who just isn't Bezos, won't be able to maintain this day one obsession. Now, as it applies to your life, having a day one obsession is what we're going to talk about today. Why you want to have that, how it can apply to everything in your life from health to wellness to community to your work, and how 99.9% .9 of people, even if they prescribe to the day one philosophy, will only maintain it for a short period of time. So how do you have staying power? How do you think long-term? How do you get a day one philosophy that you can apply over your lifetime for 50, 60, 70 plus years? That's what we're going to talk about today. Let's get to it. Welcome back to another episode of the Shut Up, No One Cares podcast, a bite-sized show covering the first principles, the big ideas, the things that aren't going to change. Today's big idea, of course, is the day one philosophy that Jeff Bezos has used to become one of the richest men in the world. We're going to use the 2016 letter to shareholders, and we're going to pick out a few of the main points that he makes in this letter, and then we're going to unpack it to analyze how we can apply the day one philosophy to our lives. Now, a good quote here that we're going to use for the quote of the day that is not from Bezos, but that is applicable to this is something I came across today when I was reading by Calvin Coolidge, who I believe was the Actually, I don't know the numbers. I didn't really do good with presidents or history class, but he was a uh, president. I don't know if he's a good president or not, but this quote is good. Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. And genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The slogan, press on, has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. Calvin Coolidge. So Jeff Bezos is the billionaire founder of Amazon.com. I have a Prime membership. I buy most of my things from Amazon. I do this because of many reasons, but one of them is free shipping. Things get here fast. And when there's an issue, they take care of it. If it's broken or a package is missing, they ship me a new one. They don't make me spend a lot of time. They are obsessed with their customer. It's why they have aggressive return windows and things like that. It's why millions of people shop at amazon.com. It's why Amazon is basically becoming a monopoly because the other smaller companies can't compete with the speed and convenience that Amazon is able to provide because of their scale. And this is just like Rockefeller did back in the oil boom when he 
bought up all the small refiners. He even bought up railroads and he had railroad rebates and all these things that happened to where small refiners just couldn't compete on price because Rockefeller hit a scale and there were certain things he was able to do to prevent competition. And in some ways, Amazon has followed a lot of these same trajectories. Whether you not agree with it or not, one thing is certain, Amazon has set a new standard for what people expect when they're buying online or really buying from any company. The fact that you can buy something and it shows up to your door in two days, maybe one in some cases, free returns, free shipping, extremely fast response time to customers and customer chat and email and all these things. It's incredible what they've been able to make standard. And it does hurt the smaller companies that aren't able to compete. That said, most companies have really bad service. They have really bad standards and processes, and they're not focusing on their customer. And that's why they're suffering. And I think that's good. I think those companies should suffer. I think they should suffer to the point where they either get better and they provide better service to their customers, or they go out of business. This is just survival of fittest. This is just Darwin's law of nature applied to capitalism. Amazon is a net good for the planet. I believe that. I think there's things that it's going to do along the way that are going to be suspect. I think there's going to be changes. It might even have to be broken up at some point. But the standard they've set is good for the consumer and companies will never be able to go back to the way it was before. This is the root of the day one philosophy. So I'm going to read the first part of the letter to shareholders from 2016. I'm going to have a link below. You should definitely read the whole thing. It's not very long. So from Amazon's 2016 letter to shareholders, it begins this way. Jeff, what does day two look like? That's a question I just got at our most recent all hands meeting. I've been reminding people that it's day one for a couple of decades. I work in an Amazon building named day one. And when I move buildings, I took the name with me. I spend time thinking about this topic. Day two is stasis, followed by irrelevance, followed by excruciating, painful decline, followed by death. And that is why it is always day one. To be sure, this kind of decline would happen in extreme slow motion. An established company might harvest day two for decades, but the final result would still come. I'm interested in this question, how do you fend off day two? What are techniques and tactics? How do you keep the vitality of day one even inside a large organization? Okay, so what he's saying here is he's constantly thinking about how to keep the startup kind of vibe, like we're just getting started, we have a lot of work to do, et cetera. How does he keep that even in an organization that's as big as Amazon, which has hundreds of thousands of employees. Now, this might seem business-centric, but this idea can actually be applied to your life. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So let's tweeze out some lessons here. So he says, day two is stasis, followed by irrelevance, followed by excruciating painful decline, followed by death. And that is why it's always day one. Jeff believes that day two is inevitable. It's kind of like the human life. And this is the perfect analogy if you think about it. The human life and the way people go through life follows some similar patterns. You know, you're young, you're a toddler, you're a teenager, maybe you get in trouble in high school, you learn some things, your frontal lobe develops, you become better at making decisions, you settle down in a relationship, maybe you have kids on purpose or on accident, maybe you have a divorce, maybe you get married again, you start your career, it goes off, maybe you get to a point for a few years where exciting things are new, and then you kind of hit a comfortable routine, and then you stagnate, and then eventually you retire. The simplest way to think about this for your life is, when you hit that comfort zone, and things are just good enough to where you don't really have to innovate or take risks or be that excited about what you're doing, that's day two. That's the beginning of the end, as he says it. And when it happens in a company, there's almost no coming back from it. When it happens in an individual's life, there's almost no coming back from it as well. And that's why you see people that have midlife crises or they have a near-death experience or they lose their partner or they lose a child and it completely changes everything about them. I'm not suggesting you seek out near-death experience or have to lose somebody to change your script. But but this is going to happen for all of us. 
And it's up to us to try to keep it at bay for as long as possible. And we do that by becoming obsessed. And now I'm going to unpack for the rest of this video what it means to become obsessed and how we're going to become obsessed with becoming obsessed and how that's going to hopefully be the foundation to which we keep day two at bay for as long as possible. And we have a long, fulfilling life that involves family, community, and work that matters and some relative level of success that we're trying to achieve. So Amazon's strategy for making sure it's day one is customer obsession. Every single thing boils back down to this question. There is even a anecdote where he used to keep a chair open, maybe at the head of the table that was supposed to signify the customer. In every meeting they had, Bezos wanted his executive team to remember that customer gets a say in what we do. That customer obsession is why Amazon has been able to become what it's become. And Bezos knows that when they become a me too company, when they start focusing on Amazon rather than the customer, that's the beginning of the end. So in your life, when you start focusing on something outside yourself or focusing on things that pull you away from your passions and your obsessions, it's likely the beginning of the end. Comfort isn't a big way this happens, but so is distraction. Success with it comes problem. It comes complexity. You have more options. You have more things. You pursue things. Maybe pursue a relationship that you shouldn't have pursued. Maybe pursue all these opportunities and speaking games and traveling that you ultimately don't really enjoy or that just drag you down or that remove you from the thing that you're actually obsessed with. Maybe you spend more time into work and get more into that because you find fulfillment, but then you give up your health. When all these things happen, when you cross that line into day two, it's really, really hard to come back. It's possible, but it's very, very, very hard. It's actually unlikely that most people will ever come back. Your best defense is to build the framework for your life and build the thinking now today before you even cross day two. You want to keep day two at bay for as long as possible. Let's use the analogy of health. The reality is you should become obsessed with your health and it should be the cornerstone of everything because that's what's going to allow you to do the things you want to do longer. So if you enjoy your work, if you enjoy your passions and you're giving up your health in exchange, well, that's a very short-sighted view because you're not going to be able to keep working, keep doing the things you enjoy about. You're going to cut that far shorter by neglecting your health. So humans go through a decline. We grow, we get to the middle age, and then we decline. Careers follow the same path because careers mimic our health as our mental faculties decline so does our work. So health is definitely a cornerstone. You should become obsessed with your health because that's what's going to help you keep doing the things you're actually obsessed about. So they're all intertwined. It's all connected. So really you can become obsessed with life. That's my best recommendation, which includes family, community, purpose, work that matters, and your health. With your health, if you want to be around for a long time and you become obsessed with your health, then you're becoming obsessed with sticking to your fitness and health routine. So your sleep, your nutrition, your exercise, these things become front and center of priority in your life. In some ways, you become obsessed with them. And as a result, you're obsessed with your health. And as a result, you have the best platform for preventing day two and focusing on your outside of health obsessions, which you're going to always need some work or purpose that matters to you. Every human does. And then that is how you become obsessed with obsession to live a long life and to ward off day two for as long as possible. I know this is a little bit out there in the in the clouds, a little esoteric, but you can definitely boil this all down to everything you do in your life. You can figure out the things that don't matter to you, the things that matter. You can invest as much time and energy into the things that matter, and you can say no to the things that don't matter as much as possible. You spend as much energy on the things that matter, on your obsessions, and the better your life is going to be. To ward off day two, you have to become obsessed. And obsessed has a negative connotation, but I don't think that's warranted. 
In fact, a really good book to read on this is actually Grant Cardone's Become Obsessor Be Average right here. Like him or hate him, this book is gold. We need to become obsessed. Becoming obsessed usually implies that we don't take care of other parts of our life or that we let things slip because we're so focused. That's not what I'm suggesting at all. If you actually take a holistic approach to your life and to longevity, if the thing you're really obsessed with, you want to do that for as long as possible, right? Because you're obsessed with it. Why wouldn't you? Well, you're going to then be obsessed with your health. You're going to be obsessed with sleep. You're going to be obsessed with spending time away from work so that you can recuperate and be your most creative. These things are all connected. And that's why becoming obsessed with just life in general is the best thing to become obsessed with. And then under that, you have an obsession tree that goes down and you have big things you're obsessed with. And then branching out are other things you're obsessed with. And then on and on and on until you have this obsession tree that has all the things in your life that make for the life that you want. And then you focus on these things and you get rid of all the unessential things as much as possible. And you constantly remind yourself of the things that matter. And that's how you stay day one for as long as possible. This is the day one principle that Bezos has used to become a billionaire and grow Amazon.com, which surpassed the trillion dollar valuation mark. There's only a few companies in history that have done that. Apple, Amazon, and maybe Microsoft. I'm not sure if they've hit that yet. If you want to live an extraordinary life, you have to become obsessed with day one. And to become obsessed with day one, you have to become obsessed with the things that keep you in day one. Health, focus, balance, family, and yeah, life is complex. We live in a modern world where we have to make money and we have expectations and there's certain social mores and there's things we have to do, things we shouldn't do. There's urges we have to suppress. On and on and on it goes. But it's totally 100% possible to build a amazing, obsessive, day one type of life that others will envy. And I don't think you should try to make people envy you, but at least you can lead that life that others can then follow. You can be a shining light, an example. And that's what we're talking about here on the Shut Up Podcast. My goal is to make better humans so then you can then lead other humans to be better themselves. That's the entire goal of the show. And we use big ideas to do that. So maybe you want to spend some time journaling, thinking about this idea, read some of Jeff Bezos' quotes, read Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of different ways to go. There's a lot of different paths to take from here. If I can help in any way, send me an email, Colin at wildfoods.co. And I hope you subscribe and share and like and do all those things so that I can see you in the next one. Hey, hey, Colin here. Before I let you go, make sure you go over to colin.coach to hop on the AM5 newsletter so you can get a list of all the shows as well as some of my best content from the week before. You can go to colin.coach to get that now. If you'd like to support the show, you can go over to patreon.com slash Colin Stuckard and you can see some of the membership options, a small monthly donation to help support the work here and join me in my quest to build better humans using big ideas as well as promoting health through the Ancestral Mind podcast. I appreciate the support. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send me an email directly to colin at wildfoods.co. This show is also sponsored by Wild Foods Co. Real foods, superfood ingredients from small producers around the world. These are the products I use and trust on a daily basis. You can use code WILDCEO for 12% off your entire order over at wildfoods.co.